Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. I think that you're going to be blessed. I think it's going to help you. I think it's going to enhance your leadership skills. Before I jump into this lesson, I just want to put some growth opportunities before you. One of those is that you can go to my webpage and you can get any three of my books for $25. Any combination of them, any titles of them for $25. What I can tell you is that leaders are always reading. And if you're a reader, it's a way that you process truth. And the books that I've written are practical books that are designed to enhance leadership skills. So what I want to say to you is just go to the webpage. You can order any three. Also, uh, on June 26, I'm going to be in New Braunfels at Don Duncan's church. He's a remarkable leader. But on the Saturday morning on the 26th, I will be doing a two-hour leadership intensive. I'm telling you, this is a remarkable time to grow your leadership. If you're around the San Antonio, New Braunfels, uh, San Marcos area, I'm just telling you, come and be a part of it. It will help you. It will be something positive for you. And so uh, it's two hours. It's totally free. On July 10th, I will be doing similar uh, intensive in Roanoke, Virginia. You're around that area. I want to encourage you to come and to be a part. It will help you in your journey. It will help you to learn. It will help you to grow and to be impactful. But on August the 9th, I will be in Miami, Florida with a very dear friend of mine, Frank Lopez. He is such a remarkable leader. But I will be doing the Breaking the 500 Barrier. Now, here's the thing. In church, the 500 barrier is one of the key thresholds. If you break through this, if you're in the right kind of city, there's no reason your church can't grow up to 1,500. There's just no reason. But I will deal with the five mindsets that you have to challenge. I will deal with several skills you have to implement. But this is an event you have to register for. You can go online and register for it at my website, or you can call my office. But I'd love to have you there. Hey, today I want to talk to you about leadership according to Proverbs. Leadership according to Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs is filled with nuggets of truth. It contains practical wisdom for every aspect of life. Uh, It's Solomon recalling sitting at King David's feet, the wisdom that David would begin to give him. It's now Solomon being that leader himself and saying, you know what? This wisdom has really, really impacted. And so it's these nuggets of wisdom. Well, in Proverbs 16, there's a place where he consolidates several thoughts about leadership. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, but I want to read it to you, but I want to read it from the message. Proverbs 16, 10 through 14, a good leader motivates, doesn't mislead, doesn't exploit. God cares about honesty in the workplace. Your business is his business. Boy, I love that. Good leaders abhor wrongdoing of all kind. Sound leadership has a moral foundation. Good leaders cultivate honest speech. 
They love advisors who tell them the truth. An intemperate leader wrecks havoc and lives. You're smart to stay clear of someone like that. The first thought that Solomon gives us is just a powerful thought, but it's really the foundation of all leadership. A good leader motivates. So thought number one, leaders influence. It is the characteristic of what a leader does. Leaders are influencers. They motivate. Oswald Sanders in his book, Spiritual Leadership, and it was written decades ago. And let me just say that if you've never read it, go find it, read it. It's the classic. It's the basis of so much of the modern thought spiritually on leadership. But Oswald Sanders in his book on spiritual leadership said, leadership is influence. Well, it's a phrase we hear repeatedly. Leadership is influence. Now, a dear friend of mine, John Maxwell, added to the thought about influence, and he said, everything rises and falls on influence. So when a leader walks in the room, it's going to rise or it's going to fall based on where their influence in that room is. Leadership is influence. Now, I just want to cut to the core of when we're talking about influence because sometimes people say, well, it's sort of vague. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't recognize the nature of it. And and, and they just uh, look at it and sometimes struggle. So what I want to do is I want to take the word influence and I want to take each letter and I want to give you a word that describes that letter and then co- collectively they describe the process of influence. The I stands for invest in others. See, when a leader walks in the room, they're wanting to know what their contribution can be. They're asking a simple question, who can I help? See, when a leader walks in the room, it's different than other people. When followers walk in the room, they're asking this question, who can help me? But when a leader walks in the room, they're asking a singular question, and that question is, who can I help? See, I've said it for decades that leadership is very, very simple. It goes like this. Leadership is the ability to lose the right to think about yourself. When a leader walks in the room, they're thinking about their investment in others, their contribution to others. That's what a leader does. So I stands for invest. N stands for network. Leaders are always networking. They're always creating these little networks of influence. So in my life, I have networks of influence with legal people. I have networks of influence with people that are just literally great with medicine or they're great with structural design or they're great architects or they're great this. Why? I know that I'm going to be asked questions that are going to require expertise I don't possess. So I've created networks of people that I can rely on, and it's so that I can help others. So I network with others. The F stands for faith, believing in others. It stands for the belief factor that you are believing in other people. See, most people have never had someone believe in them. Most people have never had someone look at them and value them and believe in them. The L stands for love care for others. It's the old 
Leadership 101. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. When people know you legitimately care about them, it is then that they are open to your leadership. The U stands for understand others, that you have created an environment where you are working to understand. Every individual has their unique combination because of their background, because of their giftedness, because of their pain. There's a unique combination. And what a leader does is they begin to understand the language they speak, what motivates them so that they can help them. So the U understand. The E stands for encourage others. And encouraging others is just a very simple process. Can you clap and cheer for other people? In fact, if you are a high-level leader, can I plead with you to do something? Every leader needs to find three leaders in their life that all they're going to do is encourage those leaders in their journey to fulfill the vision God's given them. See, most leaders spend their entire journey trying to get people to buy into their dream. But if you're going to be a good leader, you have found a few people that you're going to help them with their dream. So in my life, there are three individuals that every day they are the object of my prayers. Every day I will invest my time my treasure, my talent to help these three leaders. So I want to ask you, who are you encouraging? Who are you investing in that they're beyond you in leadership and you're helping them with their dream? Because if you're going to ask people to help you with your dream, you better be helping someone else with their dream. So find those three people. It can't be a hundred but it can be three people that you go out of your way to help. So encourage others. The N stands for nurture others. Find people, find where they're vulnerable, find at times where they're hurting, find where they have potential and come alongside them and nurture them and grow them and help them. The C stands commit to others. Just be committed. I love the phrase, I'm in your corner. It's an old boxing phrase, but it refers to that everyone needs someone in their corner. Well, I'm in people's corner. I'm committed to them. If I take a journey with them, I am committed to them. I am in their corner. And the E stands for empower others. Figure out how to help other people succeed. Figure out how to make other people better. Figure out how to do it. So let's go back. If you're going to lead, you have to create influence. But if you're going to create influence, what is it? You invest in others. You network with others. Faith, you believe in others. Love, you care for others. You understand others. You encourage others. You nurture others. You commit to others. You empower others. What have you done? You've created influence. Why? influence is about others. So let me just say it clearly. Do you know the reason most people don't have influence? It's because it's all about them. It doesn't focus on others. So leaders influence, they motivate others. But he goes on in verse 12 and he says, good leaders abhor wrongdoing of all kinds. What does that mean? You create a moral compass. You create a moral compass 
compass. If you have influence, then influence for good. If you have influence, then influence people in the right direction. If you have influence, then influence people positively. Decades ago, I read an article. Man, it was one of those articles I walked away from, and I just winced over it. And the article was about a very dominant, one of the top five business schools in America. You know where you go and you get your MBA? It's one of the top five business schools. And one of those top five business schools was given $10 million. But the $10 million was that they had to teach a business ethics course. The president of the university, when offered this $10 million, literally went to the head of this department, got all the professors, and said, we need a course on this. Now, these are the individuals that are teaching the next levels of CEOs, and they responded to the president and said, there's no such thing as business ethics. Wow. Do you get that? There's no right, there's no wrong, there's no good, there's no bad. It's whatever you think it is at the moment. The president of the university said, well, there may not be business ethics, but there will be a business ethics course because we're not giving back the $10 million. Here's the thing. So many people who lead do not have a moral compass. They forgot what is right. Let me give you three characteristics about right. Number one, it's not easy. If easy were right, everyone would do it all the time. Doing right is not easy. It's one of those things that if you do right, you're usually swimming against the current. You're usually flying in to the wind. So you have a headwind that is resisting you. You have a current that is trying to stop you. It's not easy. Second, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to do what's right. Because if you're going to do what's right, you're going to make uncomfortable decisions at uncomfortable times before people who are not going to be comfortable with what you're doing. So it's not easy, it's not comfortable, and then it's not popular. See, when you do what's right, it's not going to be popular. People are going to look at you and say, why are you doing that? It's not popular. But here's the thing. Even though doing what's right is not easy, not comfortable, and not popular, it is right. So leaders motivate they influence. And leaders motivate with a moral compass because they do what's right. Number three, it says good leaders cultivate cultivate honest speech. What you say matters. What you say matters. See, people take what a leader says seriously even if the leader themselves do not. Leaders take what the leader says seriously, even if the leader themselves do not. See, here's what we want to say in society. I'm just talking maybe an excuse for most people, 
but it's not an excuse for leaders. Why? More people hear so it, its impact is greater. More people hear so its impact is greater. What's communicated has a greater judgment. What's communicated has a greater judgment. James 3, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we will receive a stricter judgment. What is it saying? When you're a communicator on any level, you are held to a higher standard. Leaders understand that their words matter because people are listening to their words. And if they say them jokingly or they say them off cuff, if they don't realize the mic's on, none of that matters. Our words are important. So three things. Leaders motivate. Leaders have a moral compass and lead people in the right direction. Leaders recognize that what they say matters. Number four, an intemperate leader wrecks havoc in life. It's talking about a leader that hasn't learned to lead themselves. Before I ever lead others, I must lead myself. I do not have the opportunity, the privilege, or the platform to lead anyone else when I am incapable of leading myself in life. See, an intemperate leader is a leader who has never learned to master their moods. So number four, master your moods. See, the only thing worse than not having a leader is having a moody leader. Having a leader that is up one day and down the next two and then up a half a day and then down and then they're down for a week and then they're up for a month and then they're down for a day and they're up. People cannot follow someone who's moody. Someone says, but but that's who I am. Change. Get better. Make a decision that you are going to be an individual that has learned to win the toughest battles, and those are the battles on the inside. Learn to master your moods, that you show up because you've learned what Paul said to the church, be instant in season and out. Be able to handle your good days, your bad days, the days when you're great, the days when you're bad. You're able to handle those things consistently so that you can lead people and people will follow you. See, when a leader creates uncertainty, the organization that they lead stalls. So four thoughts from Proverbs 16. Leadership is influence. It is the ability to influence. Number two, leaders create moral compass. The moral compass is this. They lead people in the right direction. Number three, what you say matters. The words that you speak are important. And number four, You can lead yourself because you've mastered your moods.
Proverbs According to Leadership. I hope this helps you. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.